gift yourself that time. Gift yourself that time to spend time with you. Hey y'all, welcome to episode two of I've Been Better with your host, Susan Youngstead. We've made it to episode two, small wins, but they still deserve to be celebrated. And on today's episode, I get to share one of my closest friends and chosen family members with y'all. John and I met in 2011 while working at the university gym where we attended college and it was friendship at first shift. John is that friend that is real and raw and honest in so many ways. And he's also a fellow cat lover, which checks a lot of boxes in my book. John would identify as a guider with a purpose in life to help people engage in their own self-discovery by guiding them through their journey. And I would identify him as one too. He's always had a yearning to adventure and travel. And so after graduating, he embraced that itch and set off to explore. He continued working with students and guiding them through outdoor and marine science education. And after three years of being a nomad, John found himself up in New England where he currently resides in Boston, working with young adults as an undergraduate academic advisor at Northeastern University. Out of interest and passion for storytelling, John has also helped to co-create his own podcast with a few of his colleagues called the I'm Possible Podcast. It's spelt like impossible, but there's a big emphasis on the I'm. And it focuses on conversations surrounding identity in the workplace and how we can build a life that's defined by them. I've watched John grow into an even more inspirational and amazing human over the last nine years, and I'm super excited for y'all to hear from him and to learn more about him. Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. We have John Cornette here today, and I just have to say that I am so excited to be sitting across from John in this loft space that we have decided to turn into a little podcasting area and we actually get to be face to face. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for bringing me to your makeshift studio. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Do you like the mustard accent wall behind you? I did. Josh pointed it out to me as soon as I got up here and my little tour that I got. It's great. Well, we're so glad to have you. Um, Just so y'all have a little bit of background, I'd love to share a little bit about John from my perspective. So John and I have known each other since 2011, nine years ago, crazy. which is quite crazy yeah. to think about. We met when we worked together at what was called Campus Recreation or? It was like the Carmichael Complex. There we go. How did I forget that? And then it turned into University Recreation. Yes. Yeah, so we both went to NC State, go Wolfpack, and we were working together in member services and I just remember working together on, I think it was like a Wednesday night and you or I picked up a shift we didn't normally have and we just started talking and became very fast friends. And so now we're fast forwarding nine years later and this is the first time we've gotten to see each other in a year because of COVID. Mm. And so I'm very excited to have you here safely after coming to visit us. So thank you. Oh my God. Well, thank thank you you so much for asking me to be on this. I'm so excited for you in this new journey that you're about to embark on. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see. See how it goes. It's a new journey. (laughs) One step at a time. One step at a time. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about our nine years of knowing each other, I feel like John and I have, you know, spent some time through various ups and downs. And so, John, I'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself And then, you know, tell me about a time that maybe there was in college or recently, you know, where, you know, right now with COVID and everything going on, I think most people have been better 
in their lives and we're trying to be more transparent and honest with each other and getting really good about that but not really sure what to do with it so i'd love to hear from you what that what that resonates with absolutely so i guess just a general background of me my name is john cornett i am a 30 year old white gay male and my pronouns are he him his i currently live up in boston and i work in higher education predominantly in student development as an academic advisor. But since we've known each other, I've always worked with students in some capacity, you know, through working at the gym Mm -hmm. to moving beyond that and becoming a nomad and embracing my suitcase heart and traveling around (laughs) and leading kids on trips all throughout the U.S. and teaching kids marine science through experiential initiatives. Yes. And then I've landed up in New England in Boston, which is actually kind of funny because I was born just outside of Boston. Why did I not know that? Yeah, I was born in Concord, Massachusetts. And uh, it's the first time I've been back since I was born. So it's a cool full circle moment. That is crazy. Yeah. And you know what? Just thinking about it now, I think my entire time up in Boston or this chapter in my life has really the theme has been full circle moments. Wow. Um, you know, revolving around and mm-hmm. uh revolving around the sun, revolving around my Saturn's return, which I talk yes. about constantly now. Yes. Um <clears throat> so yeah, it's it's quite wild that I've landed up back in the same area of where I entered this world. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talk about this idea of coming full circle a lot and when I say we just uh are generation of people, right? And it's definitely more of a conversation topic now of your finding yourself coming full circle. And that is so interesting that you didn't plan to end up in Boston. Yeah. Oh I remember God, when no. you left here and like, I'm gonna live in California and then I'm gonna move here and I'm where I want to end up and then right back to Boston. And that's such a beautiful thing. At times it is very stressful. And I think when we were younger, and I know we've had many conversations about this, especially as both you and I have transitioned out of college. Yeah about where is life going to take us and you know i think we are all bestowed with this premeditated or predetermined uh expectation that we have to have everything planned out yeah that life is one direct road yeah um but really it takes twists and turns and i feel like my life has definitely done that and what, what really has been looking at it in a different lens while my journey has been winding around in so many different directions and angles, mm-hmm. that what has been actually the straight line for me is following my heart yeah. and listening to my inner voice. So, you know, in some alternate reality of thinking, I think maybe that preordained traditional thought of you have to have things already planned out and you have this your yes. life set up in one way. I'm shaking my head no because that's so unrealistic. Right, exactly. Yeah. It is so unrealistic. But in a way, there is some truth when you think of it in a more healthy way in my own thinking that, you know, just follow your heart. And this is something I tell my students all the time. Listen to your inner voice. Trust yourself because you know yourself best and your gut is going to help you to lead you to what your optimum future is. Yeah. And so looking back at my journey, that's kind of where it's led me. You know, I didn't expect to be in New England and back in the place where I was born. Yeah. Um, And working at a university and and doing all the fun, cool, alternative things that I've done in my career. But here we are. Yeah. Because I've listened to my my voice and my heart. Yeah. 
And like you were saying, when we were in college together, so we both graduated in 2014 from undergrad together. And I think back, gosh, that was six years ago, and I had no idea that my life would look like this now. But I think you and I both came from that perspective of we should be following what it is that our heart is telling us to do and what we would like to be doing that makes us the happiest and the most whole, which I don't feel like our generation, let me rephrase that, our younger generation gets a lot of that, or at least the older generation Mm, didn't, maybe the younger one's getting it better. And you'll probably know that from working with your students, what messages they're being given about needing to have it all figured out at 18, 19, 20 years old, or are they allowed to experiment and figure out who they are and what they want and then end up where they need to end up? Oh, absolutely. And you know, thinking about it, I really didn't start listening to myself or really paying the right amount of attention to what my intuition was leading me towards or what my heart and my inner voice was leading me towards Mm -hmm. really up until maybe about almost two years ago. Right. And, uh, even though there was always a natural gravitation towards, you know, listening to what it is that ultimately made me happy, I wasn't cognizant of it or I wasn't fully connected with it. Yeah. It was very unconscious. Yeah. Do you feel like you were conditioned to not listen to it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that way about a lot of my students when they come in. So I work with undergraduate business students. And the beautiful thing about my job is it's very developmental based. And when they come in as freshmen, they get assigned a set of advisors and they stay with their advisors up that. until they graduate, which I know that, you know, for our experience, we didn't necessarily have no, that. We had a new advisor every oh, year and yeah. we met with them twice and that was it. And yeah. they never really got to know us. Yeah. And so, you know, it is almost like, I want to say this in the most PC way, like a healthy form <laughs> of brainwashing, maybe not healthy, but saying it in a healthy way. Um, but it is a kind of a form of brainwashing. You come in and they think that, you know, this is what my life has to be because that's what they were taught. It's what Mm -hmm. they were exposed to. Mm -hmm. That's what their identity was preliminarily built off of. And then when they get into an environment where they're given more independence, more autonomy, and then you have individuals like me and others who are there to want to help guide the students and challenge that, you know, you break that whole Stepford wife, like, yeah, facade you shake of it like, up. Yeah. yeah, you shake it up. And then you start to plant the seed that allows them to start to further explore what they want and to tap more into themselves and become more connected with themselves. Yeah, that's there. But you know, going back to your question too, about a time where, you know, if someone were to ask me, how are things going? And you say, I'm fine. Everything's great. It's so good. Right? It's yeah. so great. Yes. Uh, for a long time, I and I love that this is the foundation of like how you lead your podcast and how you lead your conversations, because there are so many times where even, especially within like maybe two years ago, but even mm-hmm. before that, mm-hmm. where people would ask me, how are you doing? And of course, what a loaded question. It is a loaded question, even though it's so simple, but it's loaded because you just have this internal battle of, well, do I really tell them what yeah. exactly is going on? Or what are they going to say if I tell them exactly what's going on? Exactly. What's their response going to be? And yeah. and that's happening in a split second in your mind. You're oh, having yeah. to make the decision of do I open up and get vulnerable with this person in front of me or do I just tell them what I think they want to hear so I can get this pleasantry over with? Oh, absolutely. And then you also have the internal dilemma of like, 
or at least conversation, dialogue within yourself of this person asked me how I'm doing every day. I don't want to spend every day telling them like, oh, I feel so shitty. Like I just, <laughs> my fuck. life is like, actually sucky life. right now. Yeah. And so you put all this energy into just trying to like fake it till you make it or putting on a face type of thing. But, um, so to get more specific, so last two years ago, um, it hasn't been a two year mark yet, but we're almost there. Yeah. Um, you know, I hit that, I hit a point where, um, you know, things weren't fine all the time and it was really significant. I mean, mm -hmm. there had been many moments beforehand where, you know, I would be doing good, but there are other times where I would have be having bad days and I would yeah. be having big lows and. But then two years ago, it was, I think, the ultimate moment where almost the world just stopped or I stopped. I had to stop running. And the way to describe it, too, was I felt like in the moment when it happened, I was put into a dark room, completely pitch black, but there is an overhead spotlight above me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting in a chair facing a mirror. And it's like, I can't move. I have that to sit there terrifying. and actually look at myself because to give preface this a little bit, I was very notorious of running away. I was running away from my problems, running away mm -hmm. from my emotions, running away from myself. I did mm -hmm. not respect myself. I had very little self-worth. Right. I wanted to be somebody that I was not. Mm -hmm. And finally it just caught up to me and I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> and then it just finally hit. Yeah. And I just let it happen because I was like, you know what? I can't keep fucking can't do running this anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because it's killing me and I'm tired of running and I'm, I'm really unsatisfied and unhappy and it's time to take control. Yeah. And it was scary as hell. It, it was sounds scary terrifying. Yeah. Very scary to finally have to face yourself. I mean, it, honestly, it was like I broke up with myself and I had to rebuild everything. I had to rewire. I had to regrow. I had to de-weed the garden and mm -hmm. just make room for more growth. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to step forward. And I will tell you what, it was the most lonely. I don't know if this is the right word. The most loneliest I've ever felt. In my life. Definitely it's a, a word. Yeah. And it's such a unique feeling of loneliness. I and mean, it was almost like taking a shot of tequila with no chasers, no Ooh. mixers, nothing. And you're just sitting there and you have to like swallow it and deal Ooh, with it. My face. Yeah. <laughs> no. Flashbacks. No. Um, and... But what had happened was, uh, so what had happened was, so what had happened was, um, so I was in a relationship, um, and I was in a relationship with somebody that was very pivotal in my life, mm -hmm. pivotal in my own development, but also pivotal in my romantic development with myself and with another person. Mm -hmm. I had had relationships before, but this was honestly, I think the purest of of them all it was the most raw it was the most authentic mm -hmm. and i'd never had that i had never had somebody who i just felt so connected to on all levels you know um it wasn't just physical it was also emotional mental mm -hmm. and he also showed me what an actual healthy relationship is you know it's not right. just it's not just the honeymoon period and the unicorns and the butterflies, you know, it's about work and putting in the time and it's a journey. And he taught me or he didn't, I mean, he did teach me a lot, but he showed me that, you know, it's okay to communicate. It's okay to communicate your needs and your wants and to be honest and, you know, having these conversations, which in past relationships and stuff that I've had, like, 
it was just more so, okay, let's keep it on the surface. I'm afraid to tell you what I want because I don't want to chase you away. And, you know, that a lot was for me. I had a lot of anxiety in relationships because of fear of abandonment, all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sure many people can relate to being there. Absolutely. And also, too, another big factor was the way that I met him. I met him in a way that I value how I live my life, which I have a very romantic view on life, as (laughs) I hope you know. Yes. After the nine years of knowing me. Yes. Um, And that's just how I think about different things. Like, I want to make it theatric. I want to make it special. And so how I met him, I met him on the T, which is like the Boston's form of the the Metro. Um, But I met him indirectly. Um, But how I met him was just a very beautiful moment filled with like small gestures between him and, and and with another individual that was on the train as well. And I was just a stand, a a bystander. And, um, you know, I left that moment and it made such a mark on me. And then about five months later, I finally decided to act upon it because I think like how I like to think of the universe. Five months. Yeah. Wow. And the universe just kind of showed me a sign in one of my grad classes. And it just made me think of that. And I took that example, shared it in my grad class, because I think the question we had as a warm up was, name a time when um, you saw somebody do something that made a huge impact on your life. Hmm. And that something that was small. I love that. And so I thought that I mean, I can go into it, but I I know I don't want to like, take too much time. Another we'll have to talk about it because that sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, So that happened. And I reached out to him. And then it just went from there. And I mean, it was just very instant. I mean, we were only together for six months, but because of how like pure and raw and authentic it was. And, you know, I just felt in my bones, like this is something really good. Um, I think it's important not to put so much emphasis on the amount of time. I think if it felt raw and real and you felt the sparks early, then that's still important. Yeah. So what happened was, though, um, as we went on the relationship, of course, as it normally does, you get to know somebody and the walls come down and Mm -hmm. you learn all the good, bad and the ugly about somebody. Um, And we hadn't really dug in deep into all that, but we started to, you know, there were some challenging moments of we were hitting each other's boundaries. And um, by the time that started to build up to the point where it ended, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And I was having a lot of anxiety bubble up that had been suppressed for so long about being in a relationship with somebody. And I was trying to maintain, you know, healthy attachment, but there were some negative attachments coming there. Like my fears of abandonment. Um, some of my codependency stuff started like coming out, but you know, I was very aware of it, but I just kept trying to like push under the rug, Mm -hmm. be like, no, it's fine. It'll work out. It'll be okay. And then your body's like, Oh yeah. Excuse me. Like, listen to me. And I always had those moments too, like not even just this example, but in the past where I would know in a moment, like, okay, this is not right, but mm. I would not listen. And I would keep shoving to the side, shoving to the side, shoving to the side until it would bubble up to the point where mm. I get to a point where it's like, okay, you were right. I need to listen to you more and I have to take action on this in the appropriate way. Ugh, being in a relationship be with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Which is so important. Yeah. Um, so that happened and the the just the anxiety kept building up and then eventually you know unfortunately the relationship ended um he ended it because um you know i think that he was also starting to face maybe some of his own internal stuff and i think i was challenging um some of the things that he valued in life and that he liked to have you know healthy control over um and uh you know i was really shocked and then once it happened like 
even right after it happened up to the now this point, mm-hmm. I knew that it was the right thing to happen. Right. Because it initiated me into that moment of being in the dark room with the spotlight over my head and me finally have to face myself instead of run. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I got to do this. This is going to be mm-hmm. my time. And it was March of last year in 2019. Wow. And I embarked on this journey and I call it my Saturn's return. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And for those who don't know what your Saturn's return is, yes, um, please tell because I'm, the audience. I'm getting more into astrology and I, I, I like it. It gives me a sense of comfort and help me to understand myself more and even other people. But I take it with a grain of salt. But, <laughs> you know, it, it gives me some sort of uh, grounding. But your Saturn's return astronomically is the moment in which Saturn returns to the position of which it was in on the day you were born. And this mm-hmm. happens roughly every like 27, 27 and a half, 29 years. Mm-hmm. And then your Saturn's return astrologically is pretty much signifies the graduation from one phase of life into the other. So around 27, mm-hmm. 20, 29, you're graduating from childhood into adulthood. And it's typically... Which finally lines up with actual science that says our brains are not fully right. developed yes. until the age of 27. I, I totally agree. And uh, thank you, Dr. Susan Youngster. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, everyone. One day. Um, and it's usually signified by a very significant moment that really just jolts you. It yeah. could be negative. It could be positive. It could be challenging. It's that catalyst. Exactly. And so that was my moment. Yeah. And I took it. And I had known about what a Saturn's return was before. And, you know, in a way that kind of gave me a little bit of comfort. But it was hard because, yeah. you know, I had to finally accept my anxiety and my depression, which I was running away from because, I, of course, stigma was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And also, I didn't want to be that person who had to go to therapy all the time, who was going to be sad and upset, who may have those dark thoughts in their mind, who is going to be that person that may be having an anxiety attack, who's quiet in the car, who's going to ruin the party, who has to maybe be Mm -hmm. on medication, like Mm -hmm. all those things going through my mind. And then I also had to accept that I didn't love myself. I didn't respect myself. I didn't like who I was. I didn't know who I was. And, um, you know, I had to also face a lot of fears that I had been, again, running away from. Yeah. And, you know, it was the most uncomfortable thing. Yeah. And, but it was the most important thing in, in my life because it really has made me understand myself more and love myself more yeah. purely and uh, just really living my life more groundedly, authentically and lovingly it's it, i mean it saved my life essentially and i i would not take it back yeah. you know I, I love this person that i was with and that helped me to initiate it but i wouldn't trade i wouldn't go back and and trade mm-hmm. it for the world because i don't know what would have happened if we didn't yeah. break up yeah like you where know? would you be now yeah. and what would you be doing yeah exactly and um so It was hard. I am not a huge crier. And I say that because not from, it's not like I don't choose to cry or that I try to avoid crying. It's just, I can't like, I think because I subconsciously had built up a lot of walls and Mm -hmm. bricks to prevent that. And then once it happened, like, I mean, I was just ripped open raw and I remember crying maybe multiple times a week and times where I just wanted to give up. And calling very a few limited amount of people like I felt so much burden to 
call friends all the time because I literally wanted to call them every day Mm -hmm. and just talk about the same things because I didn't know how to navigate through this. We're not taught these skills as we should be at a young age. I think we're given this fallacy that life's supposed to be easy. Yeah. You know, it's like what Glennon Doyle says in her book, Untamed, that when she decides to get sober and she goes to a group meeting, you know, someone, she says something about how life was really hard and she was trying to figure out like why it was so hard and how to navigate it. And someone was like, that means you're doing life right. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy, but sort of like your students. They live in this fallacy that it's supposed to be easy and you're supposed to have it figured out and you're not going to run into any roadblocks. And then you do and you don't know what you're supposed to do with it. Exactly. You don't know how to cope. You don't even know how to just handle it and embrace it and accept and just deal with it. I mean, there's not a whole lot of normalcy out of there, uh, or at least normalcy in terms of messaging or or education to let people know, like, it's okay that you're having a bad day. You're feeling bad sad yeah because it went from me where if I was having a bad day and feeling sad like I just felt like this is who I am like I am it felt permanent it felt Mm -hmm. permanent and I felt shut down and that you couldn't just have a bad day exactly and then now it's like if I have a bad day or if I'm really anxious it's not taking over my day yeah it's more of like okay yeah this is it this is it like hey buddy let's hold hands let's go let's go to the beach together Yep. What do you need you know? today? What yeah. do you need to feel better? Or what do you need to feel this? Right? Exactly. It's like this fun TikTok. Have you seen it of the boyfriend to the girl who's like, this is how you re- respond when your partner says that they're sad. And I don't think I have, no. he's like, what's wrong? And he's like, are you sad? And she's like, mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, um, can I do anything to fix it? And she's like, mm-mm. And he's like, okay, um, so we're going to have a sad day. Do we need chocolate for sad day? Are there any chores that need to be done before we can have a sad day and just accept it, right? Instead of trying to fix it. He's like, okay, great. We're going to let you be sad so that you can move through it, right? Instead of what you just told us you were doing, which was trying to shove it away and down and to the side, which we all know it doesn't go anywhere. Exactly. The bump under the rug just gets bigger until you trip over it. Exactly. And, you know, I was notorious for running and I was notorious for engaging in instantaneous gratification Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. And those were unhealthy ways. Right. And they only work for so long. They work until they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing too, was I knew that I'm a pretty well-aware person. Yeah. You're a well-educated individual. Exactly. And even of myself, like a lot of the things that I was facing last year and finally actually dealing with and the feelings and the thoughts, I knew like I was aware of it. I was Mm -hmm. aware of Mm -hmm. my instant gratification coping mechanisms like negative negative things that i would attach to very aware of that but one thing that we all have to learn as well and that's exactly what happened to me after the breakup was you can educate yourself and be aware of what you need to do but you won't be able to engage in those things until you're actually ready yeah and you've hit a point where you're like all right i'm open like take me yeah, your smarts aren't going to be what saves you. Exactly. Your willingness to be vulnerable. Exactly. Is. Was there a point when you got to a place in this journey when maybe it was the same coworker, maybe it was a different one when someone asked you how you were, did you notice that you started getting more honest or did you just feel better about sort of giving uh, a bland statement or the pleasantry statement? 
I want to say yes. The first moment where I feel like that really settled in was actually a year ago and Thanksgiving when I was down here visiting Mm -hmm. you all. I think before that, though, I did try to be honest, but it was very much word vomit. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I just learned how to fly a plane and Mm -hmm. I'm really having a hard time trying to land it. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be honest, there were times at work where I would have these little moments of just emotional diarrhea. And I would try to tell people what I needed or how I was feeling, but it just came out very ugly. Thankfully, I work with a department and a staff that are very supportive and understanding. And I had a supervisor after one session that we had pulled me aside. She's like, do you want to come talk? (laughs) They're like, I know we need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was great. And so I do have a very supportive team in in that sense. But I don't think it really hit me until Thanksgiving of last year, because Mm -hmm. I remember I was having, I remember there was a graduation of ease in terms of the tough time that I was having from March of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember too, leading up to Thanksgiving, my trip down here to North Carolina, I wasn't feeling the best, but I had been talking to my therapist and I was like, you know what? I think I want to do this thing. I feel, because one of the things that I really felt was I felt like people didn't know me, especially mm-hmm. in my closest relationships, mm-hmm. because I felt like I was trying to build up somebody that I was not so much and hide a lot of my authentic qualities about me that I felt like I needed to mm-hmm. just write a letter and sit my closest friends down and be like, OK, I need you to listen to me. And I need you to I just need to tell you things about me that yeah. are me. And it was also a therapeutic thing for me to become more appreciative of the qualities of me that I was so embarrassed about. And not accepting of. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had that moment with you last Thanksgiving. I pulled you into your room and I read you that list. Mm -hmm. And I did it also with my dad, which was actually a pretty big moment because my dad and I have not had a really great relationship, probably not until up until that Thanksgiving moment. moment. Um, I think that was kind of a big turning point for Mm us. And uh, so I read it to him first and then I read it to you and then I read it to another friend back up north. And, uh, from that point on, I just wanted to kind of cheer and shout all those things about me. Yeah. And to be honest, once that happened, you know, we had Thanksgiving, I took myself on a trip to Mexico to go diving and stuff. And then we came back and COVID hit and I was working from home remotely. And if you live in Boston or anywhere up North, you know, that everything just shuts down and there's nothing to do. Yeah. So I went into this like Stepford Wive mindset of, okay, I'm going to have this new routine and I'm just going to wake up, eat breakfast, roll out of bed, start work, work out, go to sleep, do it all again. Mm-hmm. And then when the weather started picking back up again, and because I'm a very big outdoorsy person, right. I started to kind of come out of that robotic state. And a lot of the stuff that I had been working on the year prior flooded back in and it was a reawakening and it was a little jolting at first, like I had a rocky start, but then, and this was honestly, I think one of the saving graces of quarantine for me is I finally was able and I wanted to do this Mm -hmm. to actually spend time with myself Mm -hmm. and I spent literally all time that I could with me and that was the purest Mm. moment of like I'm okay I'm Mm -hmm. good and I love myself and I loved them doing this for myself and even if I had bad days I I was able to talk to myself more Mm -hmm. kindly and treat mm-hmm. myself more with love. And I was just finally in a moment where 
I was like, I don't want any of that bullshit anymore of going to these quick fixes, you know? I don't want a bag of Lay's chips. I want a sweet potato that's going to last me and fill me up and make yeah, me feel good. I'll feel better. Yes. Absolutely. For a longer time. Exactly. Yeah. And it so sounds like say, you started being able to see days ahead instead of just the hours. Yes. Yeah. So I would say Thanksgiving of last year was really the kind of the turning point. And then I think it finally settled in probably back in, in May of mm-hmm. this year during quarantine. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for feeling like you were in a place that you could share all of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know yeah. me. I'm a, I'm a very open person. Yes. yes. Even though I may not, I, I never used to follow my own advice and everything or, or be uh, fully committed to it. But yeah. I, I've, and that's one of the beautiful things too. And this is something that I've had to learn to love about myself mm-hmm. is I'm a very vulnerable person. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable and yeah. be open. Well, you're in the right place. Thank you. <laughs> I'm on the right podcast. Yes. Um, and that's something that I've always had. Like thinking back, I've always had that level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I don't honestly know where it comes from, like why that's there. I've been trying to think back to maybe one moment or mm. phase in my life where I was just like, just be open and be yourself. But yeah. it's always been there. And I've only gotten beautiful, positive things out of it. Mm-hmm. I've met some of the greatest people by having that openness, that right. vulnerability and that open mind. And I wouldn't change it for the world. That's one of the things that I love about myself the most. Yeah. Well, and I love that about you as well. I think that's what brings us close together is this willingness to be very vulnerable and upfront and hold each other accountable and to talk about the hard things when there's not always an opportunity in the outside world to do that yeah yeah so how are you today how am i today yeah (laughs) how are you now i feel i feel so whole i feel very whole i feel very grateful and Mm -hmm. and fortunate and i just feel so connected Mm -hmm. connected with myself and connected connected with that first and then supplemented by supplemented by the connections that I have with the beautiful people that I have in my life mm-hmm. and the beautiful elements that surround that, the place that I live in, the places that I've been to, the qualities about me that connect mm-hmm. me to the earth, to everything that I interact with. Yeah. You know, I, I feel I feel just very solid and, and warm. And I've never felt this way before. I mean, I've had snippets of feeling it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't coming from a pure source of initiation. But now it's it's so natural and organic. And I I want everybody to be able to feel this way. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I do what I do. And mm-hmm. I, I work with students especially Mm -hmm. at a young age to help guide them you know i'm definitely a guider and i want i i I get off no i don't want to say i get off this (laughs) i mean jokingly i get off on it but pg um, john pg um but i i get so much satisfaction out of being able to take what i've learned because i've been a pioneer Mm -hmm. not only within my own life but a lot of things that when i was going through I had nobody really to turn to, even though I did turn to people and ask and look for advice. 
most of the time they didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. because either they have not experienced it themselves or they were avoidant of it Mm -hmm. or they just were were uncomfortable. A lot of it I had to do with myself and a lot of self-management, to be honest, even before therapy. And to be able to provide the knowledge that I've learned and the Mm -hmm. wisdom and the guidance to others has, you know, it, it, it makes me so happy. And I, cause I want other people to feel the way that they, I know that they can, Yeah, you know, and to understand what their strengths are, their values, what they define success, what's important to them and to embrace their individuality and their journey and, and, and their own way. Yeah. So they can feel something similar. Right. Well, and to think about if you had had that advisor or that person in your life, could you have started this journey earlier? Oh, if you had had that person. Hell yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing against it because my journey has been unique in that way. Right. And that it has been a gradual boil. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. But I know for a fact that if I had someone like me or like you or some of the other amazing individuals in my life that are great guiders that I have come in contact with and developed relationships with. Sure. Yeah. I think a lot of these revelations within myself would have come earlier, or at least I would have engaged in what I was faced with mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a quote that I was trying to remember by Morgan Harper Nichols. I don't know that it's by her trying to remember someone else's oh. racking my brain here and my telephone as we're talking but it when you were talking just now when you were saying you know that it brings you a lot of joy and happiness to be working with the students that you work with it makes me think of this quote that says tell the story of the mountain you climbed your words become a page in someone else's survival guide that's awesome and that's by morgan harper nichols and it's one of my favorite quotes too to think about those moments in your life where You'd been a lot better before and you're feeling kind of down and you're not really sure what the purpose of that is. And then you get to a place where you can look back and realize that it had a purpose and it has a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. What are you doing now with COVID and even prior to COVID or post COVID that you'll be doing to take care of yourself? Honestly, I mean, taking myself more on dates. Yes. Uh, Olive Garden. Olive Garden, Chipotle, Sweet Greens. Um, trips to the Cape. Um, yeah, honestly, uh, I'll just be doing kind of the same things that yeah. I, I did. Uh, you know, I, I love the flexibility of being able to work remote. I feel like I have more control over my day. Yeah. So I'm uh, trying to plant the seed about love maybe that. making that extend, especially yeah. as we come back to a new normal. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, continuing to gift myself that time Mm -hmm. to be able to be with me and to do the things that really bring me joy and that recharge me and to celebrate that yeah and to just to to give my continue to gift myself that time yeah yeah Yeah, because you're so worthy of that absolutely i mean i like i said 2020 has been a really positive year for me and i understand that that is not the same for everybody yeah And I feel very fortunate and grateful for that. But looking at just myself 
I've had a wonderful year because it has been my awakening and your Saturn's return, my Saturn's return coming full circle. Exactly. Yes. And, uh, so that's what I'll continue to keep doing and keep taking those things and just keep keeping, keeping in touch with myself. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, that's a great plan and some small pieces of wisdom for others. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, that's the biggest advice that I can give to people is gift yourself that time. Yeah. Gift yourself that time to spend time with you mm-hmm. and to just be in a similar space. It's not a similar space, but be in the same space with mm-hmm. yourself to endure that discomfort, to embrace those fears, just bathe in it. Yeah. To spend that time alone, no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how raw it is, how disgusting it may feel yeah to do it i i can't stress it enough like you really have to i mean it may not be as intense as it was for me you know sure i'm a cancer if we're going to go into (laughs) astrology i'm a cancer and i'm naturally empathetic and sensitive to all different things and so i feel a lot more intensely Mm -hmm. plus i have a very romantic view of life so combined with with all that i'm a pisces so also a water sign that's right yes so right there with um and so but just just to deal with it i know it's scary and i know the easiest thing to do is just to back away run away to cover it up with newspaper and just leave it be mm-hmm. but to really just trust trust within yourself and to engage in it know that you may feel alone but you're not mm-hmm. alone in this mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for today. I'm so grateful that you want to hear that you've come full circle and coming to revisit us every year as this tradition that we're starting with Thanksgiving and that I can be a part of the journey that you're on. And I'm so grateful for you as a friend, as a person, as a confidant, as all the things that you are in my life. So thank you. Well, thank you, Susan. And I, I, you know, even with this podcast, to be able to give us the platform of Mm -hmm hearing everybody's voice and to tell their own stories is so beautiful you know to be a storyteller yeah is so powerful and to have others tell tell others what has gone on in their lives yeah Yeah. is a very great healing tool and a guiding tool good thank you i hope so you're very welcome and i i'm the one that feels you know that this is what felt like a something that i should do because i being a therapist, I'm so lucky and honored to hear people's stories all day long, every day. And they aren't famous people. They're not Oprah and Brene Brown and all these people that have these platforms to talk to other well-known individuals and get their stories. Like That doesn't make you guys any less important and any less valuable and needing to share your stories. If anything, I think it makes you more if we were going to compare. And I want to do that. So thank you for showing up and being vulnerable today. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime. Yes. My vulnerability is always here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, please take care of yourself. Thank you. Yes. Me too. And um, cheers to to more Thanksgivings. Yes. Cheers, more, love. More Saturn trips. Yes. yes. To Saturn's return and everything. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. 
please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and follow us on social media at I've been better dot